Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey friends, you are listening to episode 79 of Eco Chic. I am Laura Diaz. This is the podcast all about practical science and sustainability. Welcome back. Happy to have you. Today, I'm going to jump right in. We are talking with April Davis of the Vagina Blog. I am pumped for this conversation. April talks about all things period, fertility, birth control. We dive deep into feminine health today. I'm really excited to be sharing this conversation with April because there are so many options for your periods. We actually talk quite a bit about, of course, tampons, but also things like menstrual cups, menstrual discs, and sponges, which I had never heard about. We talk about reusable pads and liners, and we also talk about things like period panties. And then once we kind of get through the conversation around period products, we do talk a little bit about fertility and birth control and the idea that you can really be supporting your cycle all month long, which was so interesting for me, so eye-opening. April has a great list of books that she recommends if y'all are interested in learning more about your hormones and learning more about your fertility. I've actually gone ahead and linked all of her book recommendations in the show notes. The links go straight to Amazon. I figured that'd be the easiest place for us to just find everything in one spot. So if you're interested in going back and looking through some of those recommendations, I've made them super easy for you. And then I also want to go ahead and before we jump into the conversation, talk about some brands of these products that I would personally like to recommend. I think that it's really daunting sometimes to think about switching your routine, especially when it comes to products that are as intimate as period products. I know that I love having a friend recommend these things to me, so I hope that I can be that friend for you. I'm going to go ahead and first talk about applicatorless tampons. So I have to say thank you to my friend Laura for introducing these to me in college, probably like three or four years ago at this point. OB makes these applicatorless tampons that come in a little cardboard box. You can buy them at Target. That's where I personally have gotten mine, but I'll have them linked on Amazon in the show notes. But they're basically just like tampons that don't have a plastic applicator. So you have so much less waste. They end up being a lot less expensive because, again, you're not paying for that inherent cost of an applicator. And because they're so small, it's so easy to just have them everywhere. I always have an emergency tampon in my wallet in case a friend ever needs them. They're wrapped in a plastic, of course, but it's really nice to not have a tampon that's so large to have to worry about. And then the next product I would recommend is a dot cup. So that's a menstrual cup. If you remember, if you're an OG listener, I spoke with Betsy Drouch, the founder of dot cup on episode 24 of Eco Chic, 
I'm going to go ahead and link that episode in the show notes if you have not listened to it because it's an episode that I continue to get really great positive feedback on regularly almost a year and a half later. And I personally really like the dot cup. It is a black menstrual cup, which a lot of other menstrual cups are actually like clear or colored in some way. And for some reason that just like doesn't feel right to me. I like the black because you don't have to think about like the blood. Sorry to get TMI, but we're getting TMI in this episode. But it just doesn't get stained. You don't have to worry about it. And I like the one-for-one model that Dot Cup has. So if you want to learn more about menstrual cups in general, Betsy and I really dove deep into the topic. Again, episode 24, it'll be linked in the show notes. And lastly, I want to recommend to y'all Smart Liners. Smart Liners are a brand of reusable pads and liners. They're made in Canada, and April has actually recommended them before on the Vagina blog and on her Instagram page. I would really, really suggest that y'all think a little bit more about reusable pads and liners during this episode. We do talk quite a bit about them, and any concerns you may have, April kind of dispels some of those myths. Smart Liners is actually partnering with me in a little Instagram giveaway later this week, so please look out for that. But also, you can purchase Smart Liners using code ECOCHIC, all one word, for 15% off smartlinerpads.com, and I will have that linked in the show notes, and of course, I'll also have the code linked in the show notes. So you guys can find all of your favorite reusable products, all of your more eco-conscious products down in the show notes. And hopefully we give you some ideas today on just how you can have a healthier, happier period. I think that's just such a nice way to think about today's episode. And I feel like I've been talking for a little while. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and get into today's episode speaking with April Davis of the Vagina Blog. Hope you enjoy. April, I am so excited to be talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining me. You're so welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. So before we get too into our conversation, I would love for you to just introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about yourself and the Vagina Blog. So I'm April Davis. I'm the owner and founder of the Vagina Blog, and I have kind of a unique background. I went to school for emergency medicine and also also digital motion picture production and visual tech. And so just kind of all over the map that way. And I've had some really unique experiences, you know, because of being in these two fields. Um, I also worked for a nurse midwife as her assistant. I worked as a doula and then also as a birth photographer. And, you know, that gave me this unique experience um, because she was a nurse midwife. Not only were we doing births, but she also does a lot of gynecological care. So I got to see, you know, some of that side of things. And then as a birth photographer, it was kind of interesting because people hire me just as their photographer. So it's like I was a fly on the wall at births and able to really observe what was happening. Because when you go in as a doula, everyone's on their best behavior for you when you're a doula. But when you're a birth photographer, you're just in the background. So you get to kind of see how things run without a doula there maybe. And so it it gave me some exposure to where we're struggling in terms of women's health and where we could be doing better maybe and how, how people are really being treated during, you know, one of the most vulnerable and intimate moments of their life, you know, when they're giving birth. And then seeing that contrasted with doing home birth with the nurse midwife that I was working for. I mean, she had the utmost amazing level of care with with her clients and seeing them be comfortable in their own environments and stuff it just really 
started to shape and mold some ideas that I, I had about women's health and where we needed to go and what we need to do. And I think I've always had a very natural curiosity towards this as well. And so I had tried alternative period products, been able to actually talk about and process some of that stuff with Cindy, which was amazing, the, the midwife that I worked for. And then also she was our nurse practitioner at Planned Parenthood here. And so, so like I said, uh, very rounded out experience in all of this. And after I had my third baby, my daughter got diagnosed with type one. And between all of that happening, being on call was not as possible for me. So I kind of retired and I was like, what do I even do with all, all this information? So that's how the vagina blog was started. Wow. Wow. That is such a great story because I feel like you understand women's health from so many different angles. Like you were just mentioning. different. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And that makes you such a great resource and such a great place for people to come together and talk about all of these different topics. And I feel like I've learned so much just from like following you on social media about certain topics on women's health that I wouldn't even have thought to look up on my own. So I so appreciate that perspective. Oh, I'm always so glad to hear that. I, that's my goal is I, I want to get people thinking about what they're doing to their bodies and what they're putting in their bodies and, and also like to know how to make things so much better and easier I love that. I think that's so important right now. And we're living in a time where like people are becoming a lot more conscious about what we are putting into our bodies and the choices that we're making. And I would love to kind of just like get right into it with you. Why is it that we should be caring about what we're putting into our body, especially during menstruation? I would love to talk today specifically about periods. Yes. So guys, I just, I want everyone to have an easier, healthier, happier period. And there's a handful of things that you can do that will quickly make that happen. First and foremost, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Tampons are not good for you. And the reason they're not good for you, there's, there's a list because it's hard. Everyone's like, but, but what if I just switch to organic tampons? Is that better? Tampons are bad for you because of what they are. So they're scratchy and dry and they're meant to absorb and they're also kind of a plug. And so, you know, as we're losing all of this fluid um, when we menstruate, a tampon, you know, when we shove that in there, it's not catching your flow. It's absorbing some of it and it's plugging the rest. And what people don't realize, like I've actually talked to a fertility doctor who said that they recommend their clients come off of tampons if they're trying to get pregnant and haven't been able to, because sometimes tampons will go as far as trapping old endometrial lining. So old menstrual blood in your cervix, and then it rots there because they're plugging things. So if you switch to something like a disc or a menstrual cup or even period panties and free bleed, you're allowing all that fluid to escape your body. If you shove a tampon in there, you're plugging up that hole and creating potential problems. Tampons also come with such a high risk of toxic shock because their scratchy nature causes, you know, damage to your vaginal walls, which then opens you up for that infection that is toxic shock syndrome. So even though organic is always better, tampons are not good for you. I didn't realize really the idea of like plugging up 
Like, I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's very intuitive now that I'm saying it out loud, yeah. but it never really occurred to me as a tampon user that I was like doing something that was so incredibly unnatural for my body. And I would also just love to talk to you a little bit about, you mentioned in general, like tampons are not the answer, but if you are picking organic, like why would you want to pick an organic tampon? So, and when we talked about this a little bit before, I mean, your vagina is, it's mucous membrane. It's so absorbent, right? So I didn't realize this, but cotton is one of the most heavily pesticided I don't know what the verb for that is, but it's so covered in pesticide compared to so many other things. And so all of those pesticides, all of anything else that they're using on that cotton, that's just being absorbed right into your bloodstream through your vagina. And do you really want that crap in your body so directly? So definitely organic's better, but organic does not necessarily mean pesticide-free. It just means organic pesticides, right? So even with organic tampons, you're still kind of running the risk of, of some of these problems. And like I said before too, tampons, it's not even an organic problem so much as it's, it is what they are. Um, and tampons, they can cause heavier bleeding. They can cause heavier cramping. So one of the things that I hear over and over again is April, oh my gosh, I switched to a menstrual cup and I don't have cramps anymore. My period's three days shorter. I don't, I'm not bleeding as heavily. I'm not losing as much mucus and fluid as I was before. And it's because we're no longer irritating that vaginal canal with tampons right? So getting away from tampon use is always a good idea. That's really interesting. I'm glad that you mentioned that little bit about cramps and just shortening your flow and making it an easier period for yourself when you're switching to other items like a menstrual cup. So like I personally switched over to a menstrual cup probably like six-ish months ago, maybe eight months ago. Mm -hmm. And what I found so interesting actually about the menstrual cup was not so much about the cramping because I'm not someone who like generally gets a lot of cramps, but it really put into perspective how much blood I was losing every month, which I feel like is almost a little TMI for some people, but it gives you so much insight on your body Mm -hmm. and like what's Mm -hmm. actually going on. It is weirdly empowering. I I feel like once you get past the squeamish, like blood's gross factor, it it starts to become really interesting. I think for anybody, um, what, what is also interesting is, you know, we talk about, cause I love every time you read, like how much blood am I losing on my period? And it's like a few teaspoons and you're like, this is not a few teaspoons. What we don't realize is blood only makes up, it's like 30 or 40% of the fluid that you're losing. So you're losing a lot of mucus and, and other fluid, um, you know, and clots and, and other stuff that's not necessarily blood. And when you start using a menstrual cup or a disc or any of those, you really kind of start to get a better idea of what's happening. That's something that's really interesting to me, just the idea that you're losing things besides blood, because that also makes me think about nutrient deficiencies and people saying that you have like certain cravings when you're on your period or you should mm-hmm. be eating, eating like more iron-rich foods or whatever it may be. And I definitely want to get into that. But first, I want to talk about discs because you've mentioned them a couple times so far and I don't know anything about discs. Can you just explain to me what they are and like what they even do? So I'll break this down. So 
not really easily. I, I actually have, uh, it's called the flow chart and that you can look up over on the vagina blog and it, it breaks down and says, do you want internal or external? Do you want reusable or disposable? Do you want, and it's kind of one of those like flow chart down so you can kind of see what period product would be best for you. So there are three um, reusable internal devices. There's menstrual cups and those are always reusable. You rinse them, boil them and put them on the shelf and then get them back out for your period and they last 10 years easily. Discs, there are reusable and disposable discs. I so far prefer the disposable because they're a little firmer, but I have had a lot of people love the reusable ones. Discs have a wider mouth and they're flatter and they actually sit further up in your vagina, up in the fornix. So a cup sits in your vaginal canal. A cup, you have to get your suction correct and cups can still potentially cause cramping. I still hear from most people they have way less cramps. Discs typically typically don't cause any cramping. There's no different sizes with discs. So one size fits all. And they sit further up higher, so they're not in the canal. So usually you don't have some of the same issues. They are further up, though, and they don't have a stem. So I think a lot of people are a little intimidated by them because they, they sit higher up in the vagina, so they're a little further away. But I prefer discs over cups just personally for how I'm put together. They're way more comfortable. Okay. I'm really glad that you kind of broke that down. And I will definitely be sure to look at the flowchart and link it in the show notes so that people can look all of this information up afterwards. And then I kind of want to get into the idea of reusable products as well. So you talked about some products being disposable, some products being reusable. What would be like the pro or con, like choosing one or the other? I feel like a lot of the time with reusable products, people might be concerned that it's not as sanitary or hygienic or whatever it may be. So what would you say like in that case? People get so concerned about this sometimes, and I saw this a lot in home birth, and we don't realize how immune we are to our own germs. So I always want to kind of throw that out there, like (laughs) we are so much more immune to our own germs and our own filth than to even sometimes, you know, some of the sterile stuff, quote unquote, that we're, we're dealing with, right? So cups, you rinse them out, you boil them, you put them back on the shelf, and they're totally good to go. You know, um, discs, the reusable ones, the same story, boil them, no big deal. Um, like I said, there is disposable discs, but they're still fantastic because you end up using one disc for your entire period. So some people will just dispose of them each time they want to change them. I actually use the same disc my whole period, which still ends up being significantly less waste than even if I were to use tampons. So the third thing that I actually, I was going to mention earlier, if you're looking for an internal reusable is the sea sponge. And I have talked to a lot of people that really like sea sponges. I'm not a huge fan. That one probably concerns me the most in terms of hygiene. It stresses me a little bit more just because sponges are a little scary that way. But I've talked to lots of people who love using sea sponges for their period. And that's great. On the external side of things, you have cloth pads and then you have period panties. And those are as simple as rinsing them out with cold water in your sink, throwing them up on your towel rack until you do laundry and then throwing them in with your laundry. And they're just as sterile as any of the rest of your laundry. I'm glad that you cleared that up for me because I've definitely started thinking about it more since I've been using a menstrual cup, the idea that I do want to boil it every so often or just rinse it out and clean it. And I actually really like that I can always reuse it and always have it. It's something that 
I don't know, it makes my period feel like some kind of like more personal way. I don't know if that's the best way to explain it, but there's something about like something that I'm using every single month that it's part of my routine. I just enjoy that for some reason so much more. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, it's, if it's like this feminine connection routine thing. I don't know if I'm like making it up to be a bigger deal than it actually is, but there's something about a reusable product that I really enjoy there's a reliability there. You're not yeah. like, oh crap, it's my period and I totally forgot to buy tampons and now I have to run out to the drugstore or send somebody else. I think it's reliability. I think that, that what, that's what brings the comfort. That makes a lot of sense. And even if you're using the same brand of tampons every single month, there's also something that gets me about tampons on another note. Even if you're buying organic tampons, if they're coming in a plastic applicator, there's something that makes me really uneasy about a plastic applicator and just sticking that inside of my body. And then, of oh. course, just like throwing it away is wasteful. Yeah. But Well, I was always terrified it was going to pinch me, you know, because that, that top part, it like opens and then closes essentially, you know, with a yeah, little... Yeah. So those scared me to death that way. And something too, that a great baby step for people, if you're like, okay, I like tampons. I'm terrified of a cup. I don't know. Try tampons without an applicator, like switch to those, get used to getting some blood on your fingers every once in a while, um, get comfortable with those. And then baby, step your way over to a cup. And I tell everyone, I'm like, I change your cups in the shower change your discs in the shower. That's where I change mine. Just, you know, as I'm showering in the morning, I'll take it out, rinse it, put it right back in. Like it just doesn't even, it's just not even a thing. And once you get practiced changing it at the toilet, not a big deal. And also not nearly as messy as people want to believe it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a lot less messy than I was initially expecting. And then the other thing that gets me about using a menstrual cup, something that I really enjoy about it is the longevity. Like I don't have to be worried the same way I was about a tampon changing it every two or three hours. There's something about a menstrual cup that is just, again, it's more reliable. It makes me feel like I can go my whole day and not worry about it and not even think about it. Is that not the best thing in the whole entire world though? Like I... That's, that's probably my favorite thing about all of these products because first question is like, how in the world am I going to change this in a public bathroom? And the real answer is like, you really shouldn't have to. Like this shouldn't be something that you're changing in a public bathroom. It would be a rare occasion. And there's so many ways around that if you do need to. But I'm easily, like I put a disc in and I forget I'm on my period. Like I have to like, oh yeah, no, I have to change that every 12 hours. And it's such a contrast from, oh my gosh, I totally forgot I was on my period and I have a tampon and I just wiped and yanked it out of me and it wasn't all the way saturated. And so now I'm all hurt. And like, you know, like tampons are just the worst. (laughs) I'm glad that you've opened my eyes to this because I've never heard anyone else talk about tampons in this way. I always just assumed they were the best option. And I think that, like, I just never thought that there was another option growing up, especially, like, all of these things of reusable products or more hygienic or even more sustainable and earth-friendly period products never occurred to me growing up. If this is just all we knew because it was like, well, you have to wear tampons unless you want to wear pads. And, like, I feel like the 14-year-old in all of us is like, no, not pads. And which is another, I really want to bring this up, and I, I've been trying to kind of talk about this more. I've had so many friends whose daughters are heading into these years where they're about to start their period. And they're like, well, I think I'll probably teach them how to use tampons first because they're easier. And I'm like, are they easier? Because it took all of us a good 
six months to a year to some of our, all of our lives to get tampons to really work well for us and to figure out which brand we like and which absorbents we like and which blah, 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 right? But we were 14 at the time and the alternative was pads. So we learned how to use tampons. They're not easier. There's no reason why you can't start your 13 or 14 year old daughter out on a cup. Like if they want to switch to something internal, get them started on a cup, like just start them the right way from the get go. Like for my own daughters, I plan on just doing period panties because they're so, so easy. But if they want something internal, we're going to talk about cups and discs. And I want to teach them how to use tampons because chances are they're going to start their period one day out in the middle of wherever and their friend's only going to have a tampon. But I like, there's no reason not to just start them out with a cup. I think that's a really interesting perspective because I never really thought about the idea that like you can teach your children all of these things from the get-go. I guess it's because Mm -hmm. like I'm not a mother and I'm not going to be a mother very soon, but I'm thinking also about the mothers that advocate for like plant-based lifestyles in children or anything like that. Period products can be exactly the same way and it can be just treated as something that you're going to introduce as a new normal. Yes, absolutely. Well, the thing is, is it would be weird. Like my daughters both have seen like what I use. They know what my cups are. They know what they're for. So if I brought tampons in, I think if anything, it would be very much like, wait, what is this? They've never seen tampons before. Interesting. That's such a cool perspective to think about because yeah, it's just like what is normal to them. And I actually, Mm -hmm. I had this conversation with my, my own mom, probably like six ish months ago as well not necessarily about period products but just like the way that you grow up you assume that everything that you are experiencing is normal and you don't really have a perspective on like what other kids are doing as they grow up so I think like introducing all of these things to your kids at home they just accept it and that's just like that's the thing yeah like I don't no one's gonna tell my daughters that tampons are easier and that's where they should start because I'm their mom that's what they have seen like sitting around my bathroom that's what they know that is, you know, what it's for. Like, that's exactly what they'll plan on using. Same with like period panties. Like they know that if I'm wearing those, like, oh, mom's on her period. I think it's so good for them. And I would love to just talk for a minute about period panties. I've never personally used my own. You did mention earlier the idea of free flowing in period panties. Is mm-hmm. there any like health benefit to just free flowing on your period? Or is it just like a personal preference thing, a comfort thing? And tell me a little bit about period panties because I don't really know a whole lot about them. They're the best. I love them. Thinks is my favorite brand. I really like Wukka's as well. They're amazing. Like I did not ever think that I would love period panties or that I would love reusable cloth pads. And I love both of them. Period panties especially it just feels like you're just going on about your day because especially after the birth of my third, I had temporary prolapse with my periods for the first year. And so putting anything inside, it was just so achy and angry and sad and it just wasn't an option. So being able to just use period panties instead was amazing. Like I, I just, I can't recommend them enough. And I find for myself when I just free bleed like that, my periods are shorter, they're easy, but I, I can wear those for eight to 12 hours easily as well too. So it's just a matter of you put your undies on in the morning, you take them off at night, do a little quick rinse in the sink and hang them up put on a new pair. You know, I had a couple people ask like, well, are you doing so much more laundry? And I'm like, who isn't washing a couple extra pairs of panties on their period? everyone is no matter what. So no, I'm not doing any extra laundry and like they're panties. So in terms of eco-friendliness, I feel like 
the amount of laundry has been exactly the same. I think that's so interesting to think about like, yeah, it doesn't make any difference at the end of the day to put a couple extra pairs of panties in the wash. And anyone who is like more or less conscious of their water usage, maybe because they think they're going to be doing more laundry. I guess it's really like, is it better to just use a little bit more water to do an extra load of laundry if need be versus disposable products versus the health concerns that are associated with certain disposable products, things like that. So I feel like it's really a give and take and there doesn't really seem to be any negative environmental concerns when it comes to reusable period products. Well, because I mean, you think too, like how many undies do you leak on during your period anyway? Absolutely. And like, so I don't feel like I'm doing any additional laundry. Just switching gears for a second, because you did mention the idea of having like an easier period. I would love to talk about maybe like some natural remedies that people can get into if they do have particularly harder periods compared to other people. Oh, I am a huge fan. Um, Epsom salt baths, uh, magnesium use. So I love the book, The Period Repair Manual. I recommend that to absolutely anyone and everyone with a vagina. Um, But she talks about some of the vitamin deficiencies that cause rough periods, um, getting away from using some of these inflammatory products, and also things like seed cycling and and other things that you can kind of do to kind of help your periods be so much easier. So just simply sometimes getting on zinc and magnesium can be night and day for people. Interesting. Is there any like food products that you recommend or like meals that are really great to have during your period? I've definitely heard a lot about increasing your iron or is there any other like things that you can just do in your kitchen? I always think that's a good idea to up your iron intake around your period. I just got a book called The Happy Hormone Guide. It is beautiful. Like it's laid out beautifully, but something that I am completely obsessed with is she broke it down into the four phases of your cycle and then broke recipes of what to eat during each phase of your cycle. Because I think sometimes we focus so much on our period being our cycle, but really it's just one, it's one phase of our menstrual cycle. And so there are things that you can be doing throughout the entire month, things that you can be eating throughout the entire month. Like I mentioned, seed cycling, which I'm completely fascinated with. So it's you eat flax seeds for one week of your menstrual cycle and you eat chia seeds for another and pumpkin seeds. Like it, and, But each of those seeds is, has very specific nutrients that go with what you would need during that phase. Um, so seed cycling is a great way to kind of help. But definitely check out the Period Repair Manual and the Happy Hormone Guide. Oh, wow. That is so interesting. I've heard a little bit about seed cycling on social media and I'm intrigued by it, but I haven't really like sat down to learn about the benefits of seed cycling. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you're giving this little push because I'm like absolutely going to go dive deep into that topic. Well, I just, for myself personally, I do better if I'm on chia seeds and flax seeds regularly. Like I throw them in my smoothie every morning. I notice a huge difference with my digestion. I notice a difference with just how my body feels if I don't take those. So for me personally, there's there's something about chia seeds and flax seeds that just help me out. Yeah, that's really interesting. Is there like any other sources that you might be able to recommend for people who are interested in getting more into any of these particular topics? You are just like a wealth of knowledge. Oh, I have so many. So there's a book that just came out called The Fifth Vital Sign. 
That one's fantastic. Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jillian Brighton is amazing. Sweetening the Pill by Holly Grigspall. Even though some of these are focusing a little bit more on birth control, they also talk so much about your cycle. Probably the number one place you have to start, that everyone should start, is Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. That is the greatest book. It's a book I plan on handing to my 14-year-old daughters and saying, here, like you have to read this because that opened my eyes just to this fact that like we are not just menstruators, we are cyclers. Like our bodies are going through a cycle every single month. And it's not just that one week of your period. It's that week of ovulation. It's the week before. It's the luteal phase. And there's so much that goes with each one of those phases. It explains so much about what we're going through emotionally, mentally, physically. It's so important. And everyone should understand what is happening to their body because it suddenly gives you answers and a blueprint to be able to move forward and and take steps in being healthier. I am absolutely going to look into that. The idea of fertility also is just really interesting to me. I have kind of like a wild card question for you. I know that we intentionally wanted to talk about periods and menstrual products, and I am so thankful for everything you've shared so far. I would love to just like briefly talk to you about fertility and like maybe natural things that people can do to either not necessarily increase their fertility, but kind of make themselves like the best optimal person? So in terms of fertility, you know, people get so scared of that word because Mm -hmm. like I said, so the book Taking Charge of Your Fertility, I want to give that to my 14 year olds, not so they can go out and get knocked up the next day. Your fertility, it, it is, it's your cycle, right? So we need to be taking good care of that regardless if we want to get pregnant or don't want to get pregnant. And Taking Charge of Your Fertility is fantastic because it is the guidebook for the fertility awareness method, which is actually a form of birth control. So being aware of our fertility and taking good care of it has everything to do with not only getting pregnant, but also avoiding getting pregnant in a healthy way where we're taking good care of our body, right? And any of these books that I've recommended, The Happy Hormone Guide, all of them are are going to help you best care for your body to prepare it to carry a child one day. I think that's a really good way to look at it. I think I personally like started thinking about fertility as more of a lifestyle thing mm-hmm. that I want to maintain for my own well-being, not for necessarily carrying a child, but just like maintaining myself. I started thinking about it when um, a friend of mine recommended that I just start taking some sort of vitamin with folic acid in it. And that was something that I always associated just with like prenatal vitamins or whatever it may be. And folic acid is just something that we should be taking in our everyday lives as women. So can I tell you one step further that makes it this even better? Oh, Take please tell folate. me. Ooh. So folic acid is a synthetic. Folate is the usually derived from like, I think it's lemon peel and other stuff, but folate you digest, like you absorb much more readily. It'll work better. Interesting. Okay. Well, I will definitely have to start like reading the labels of my multivitamins much more closely. April, do you have anything else that you want to kind of just leave the audience with to just start thinking about having healthier, more conscious periods? Well, something that has been kind of weighing on my mind, and, and I know we talked briefly about birth control coming from the standpoint of of your podcast and what your theme is, something they're finding that is alarming to me is that our water supply is getting more and more and more and more contaminated with synthetic hormones because of the amount of birth control that we're all on. They can't filter that out of the water. So we're urinating it out. 
it's going back into our water supply. The fertility issues that we're having, I, I just want to do a plug for like, read the pamphlet that comes with your hormonal birth control. Know what's in it. Know what you're doing to your body. If you're having weird symptoms or you're having problems, point your finger at that first and ask questions about that and see if you can switch to something else that's going to be beneficial. It's not that we should all never be on birth control because sometimes it is necessary, but ask a lot of questions. Stay curious. Um, anything that goes in your body, even temporarily, whether you're eating it, putting it in your vagina, anywhere else, uh, washing yourself with it, ask questions. Find out what's in it. Find out what that does to your body. I just want everyone to have the healthiest, happiest experience that they can. Wow. You have given me so much to think about, April. I appreciate this so, so much. Thank you so much for just chatting today. And I feel so enlightened. Like I'm definitely going to go look into more of the research behind like our tap water. Yeah. It's... Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm also just going to have to go look into all of these new period products that I've learned about, like especially the sponge. I'm so intrigued by the sponge and the disc and there's just so much to think about. So thank you so, so much for just joining me today and chatting. Thank you so much for having me. You can find me over Instagram's kind of where I hang out. So I'm at Instagram at the vagina blog. I actually have a podcast coming out this fall sometime soon. So I'm really excited about that. We'll get that going. And then I'm over at the vagina blog.com. Ooh, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I will make sure to have all of your links in the show notes so that people can find you super easy. Thanks so much. I hope you guys loved that episode with April Davis of The Vagina Blog. I feel like April and I covered so many different bases today. And as I mentioned at the top of the episode, there are going to be some products linked in the show notes if you want to look into tampons without applicators, menstrual cups. And again, don't forget that you get 15% off on smart liners, reusable pads and liners with the code ECOCHIC. So all of those things will be in the show notes. And then also all of the books that April recommended, I have linked on Amazon if if you go through the show notes. And I just figured that'd be the easiest place for everyone to purchase no matter where you're living. So you can find all of those things in the show notes. And then I do want to make a little disclaimer on the last bit during our conversation about birth control and fertility and our tap water. And I looked into it a little bit further and there is some really, really interesting evidence, but I want to really emphasize that here at EcoChic, I am a really big fan of critical thinking and I'm a huge researcher. And if you know me, like I'm all about backing up my claims. So I just want to emphasize the idea of correlation is not causation. That's something that my AP psych teacher told me in high school. And I just love that phrase so much. So there's a lot of really interesting pointed evidence but we don't know all of the external factors that are impacting a particular woman's fertility. So again, correlation is not causation. I love it. Get it on a t-shirt. Educate yourselves. Be critical thinkers. However, I do really, really appreciate the point that April made about reading the pamphlets and going through your birth control and figuring out what option is best for you and just making sure that you're aware of what is going into your body. And again, just like she said, even if it's body wash, I also have an episode on more sustainable sexual products. Um, We talked about 
condoms that have non-toxic, non-GMO ingredients, things like that. I'll have that linked in the show notes as well if you want to listen to that episode. But it's really a matter of thinking a little bit deeper about the products that you're inviting into your life and into your body. And I hope this episode gave you a little bit of food for thought. I hope you really, really enjoyed it. Connect with me on Instagram if you are so inclined at EcoChic Podcast or my personal pages at Laura E. Diaz. And I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.